1: Tonight we got the uh, Oilers game tomorrow. Inside Sports on Friday, our guests will include Kelly Rudy, and we'll talk to Heather Nedewin as well, who's uh, interesting story there. She uh, filled in for Shannon Kleibrink at the Alberta Scotties because uh, Clybrink had a bad back. So they actually took turns skipping, and uh, they won. And now they're going to be at the Scotties starting this weekend in St. Catharines, Ontario. So that's coming up on Friday. Another Oilers game, start of the six-game road trip on uh, Saturday against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Monday, I think uh, Monday's the old family day holiday. Is it not, Kellen Kennedy? It is, yeah. The old family day holiday. So we're going to have a best-of show. So it'll be two hours of dead air. I thought it was two hours of static. That was the memo I got, but oh, yeah, we actually run. Well, we took a listener poll. You want to hear two hours of the best of Inside Sports, or just uh, have us pump some static through the speakers? The vote was static. We're trying. Well, we're trying. Here, actually, here's what happened. The best of won the popular vote, but static won the electoral college. Ah, gotcha. So uh, it won. Mm. Yeah, tragic. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's never going to get old uh, Alright, so uh, Kevin Carrius Oh, he's here right now, the old boy all right. There he is, uh, Kellen Kennedy uh, was our studio producer this evening So we got the Family Day show on Monday mm-hmm. well, Next week's busy, Oilers games Tuesday, Wednesday And Friday,
0: next yep. week And so, back-to-back uh, in Florida next week too Tampa Bay, those, Florida. those
1: those, uh, those will be uh, Those will be interesting, we'll keep an eye on the Panthers Playing tonight, pull up a chair in FLA Yarmir Yager. What's that?
0: Pull up a chair in FLA Are you going? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Can I tweet
1: a picture of your shirt? Sure. What is that? Is that is that velvet?
0: It's like oh, it's Mel Cormier, Sourmet, the velvet fog. Well, oh, I appreciate
1: you getting dressed up for your appearance on radio. Yeah. Well, I guess you just came off TV,
0: eh? Yeah. No, I can't wear this on. No Am I
1: anymore. allowed to ask, did you get your clothing provided for you at Global?
0: Well, uh, oh, your eyes are closed. Hang on, you got to oh. do another one. Do we uh, we have uh, certain allowances?
1: Right, and yeah. but you have to go. Am I? am yeah. not peeking too far behind well, the curtain here. People are interested. <laughs> People are interested behind well, the scenes. I'll t- I, okay. Do you right. have to go to to a certain establishment, I, like certain I stores? Did. I do. I go
0: to Eddie's Menswear. That's where but, I go. But is that
1: them. does Global have the deal with them? Or, no, or no. Mean, there's. It's not they, like
0: it used to be years ago. Uh, you'd see at the end, and some some you still do. Like if you watch uh, an Oilers broadcast, or even. Uh, Many of the, you know, the national broadcasts, at the very end, it'll say uh, announcer's wardrobe provided by yada, yada, yada. You can pick it up at wherever. So those days have kind of changed locally uh, for us anyway, but there are still some certain... um, um, uh, media outlets that to do that, take that avenue. So
1: You know, I visited my buddy, uh, you know, Jay, my, John Wright, my buddy. Mm-hmm. He's working in, for Fox in California now. So the first time I went and visited him, this was about two and a half years ago, He's, you know, he picked me up at the airport in the morning. He's like, I don't go to work till four. He goes, why don't you come to work? He goes, it'll be a little slow for you, but, you know, you can kind of see the studio and I'll tour you around. So I was like, great. So he, go, he goes to work in uh, flip-flops, shorts and a t-shirt, Walks into a dressing room and a full suit is yep. hanging there right down to the socks and the shoes. He uh, puts it on. At that time, they were doing a three-hour show. Which the format's different now. Goes and does the show. Goes back into the dressing room. Throws all the clothes on the floor. Puts the shorts back on goes home. Doesn't have
0: to worry
1: about th- it. Like, right down to the pocket square. It's all picked
0: for him. That's exactly what happens to us. <laughs> oh, in the summertime, anyway, you know, I, I come in with uh, usually golfing. But or they're your like own you. clothes,
1: though. It's not provided. Yes, it's
0: not. Yeah, you leave I mean, your own clothes yes. there. Like this is all. Fox's I'm sure he's had a big. brand a brand new suit every day there, kind of thing. But
1: uh, well, you know, I asked him that. He goes, "No, we do get the same yeah. suit, but it's a three four week rotation, and it's a different shirt and stuff with it." So yeah, I used it to have that years easy. and years ago. Oh, you did, eh? Yeah,
0: years and years ago, I did. But and that changed. Uh, there's a lot of. A lot of tax things that go involved. It's very intricate. It's quite, uh, quite amazing that you, when you think about how, because I used to have that through Eddie's Menswear at the end, it would say wardrobe provided by, and then, uh, but it worked out that their what they said their billboard, what we call a billboard, ended up to be different uh, monetary value than what was right being given as a product. I think that's right. a long time. That's that's probably fifteen years ago.
1: Yeah, things change. Do you yeah. do your own makeup or yes, I do. do. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it really is. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just curious because uh, the year of the actual full-time makeup those artists are, those are long gone. Gone
0: eh? here, anyway, uh, for sure. But again, in the, the nationals, bigger, bigger shops, markets, yeah. they have their, they have their people. All right.
1: Uh, just curious, what did you put for me here? Kellen Kennedy sent me a note. What am I looking at, Kellen? In the NQ. With the thing that says "read." Oh yeah, we'll get to that later. Don't okay. worry about the word. Don't worry about that. Cool. Yep. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six three six three. Let's let's And I got some lighter uh, lighter side stuff. We're going to get okay. to later. But let's dive in with the suspension news today. I didn't really talk about it in, in the first hour. Um, Gustav Nyquist six games for the high stick on Jared Spurgeon. I'm going to assume most people listening have seen it. If not. Well, you know, you may not want to watch this. It's not a pretty play if you haven't, but you can Google it when you get home. If you're at home right now, fire up your computer. I, I don't, I don't know what to say, Kevin. <laughs> Rob and I talked about it last night. It's, uh, it, it's, it's the Department of Player Safety that apparently isn't too concerned about players' safety if you ask me, but I'll I'll leave the floor open to
0: you. You know, I I have that I have an old saying that uh, people ask me, okay does that surprise you or anything? And I always have the line coming back uh, the last time I was surprised uh, was when I found out ice cream cones were hollow, you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Meaning that something happened, uh, you know, when you were five you were years three, old or yeah. four years old, right? But, you know, this is this did surprise the heck out of me. And I, I again, the the, the player safety of the department, I I don't get what they're all talking about. So, they they are saying that there's an an intent, an intent there by giving him six games. So now, again, the only thing that the only reason and the only reasoning is because he's the first defender and the only reasoning is is because of Jared Spurgeon came back in that game that's it so you're telling me that you're te- you're telling the players and everyone else that it what he did is it, it's six games worthy but if that stick is over by a quarter of an inch and slides up his nose and carves his eye out now what then what are you doing Yeah. You know, so you're just, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth, and I don't get it. No one seems to get Like, as soon as it came down, there isn't one person that I've heard today that said, well, that's about right. Yeah, somewhere in there. I was thinking, yeah, six, seven games. I mean, on Monday, I said, well, it has to be a minimum eight. I was telling you in the stands that it has to be a yeah. minimum eight. Um, but again, uh, six games, I just don't get it.
1: Yeah, and, here, and this is the interesting thing, Kevin. I, I mean, this... You know, on, on a talk show like this we rely on debate and oh let's pick it apart. But no I, I can't see anybody that's gonna text in or call in and say, Oh yeah, that's cool. Like Rob Brown last night who played in the NHL, we got into we started talking about not got into it, but we brought it up on overtime open line. And as an ex player, he's just like he's like he was disgusted by it. And he, he figured it, it should
0: was, be ten games for oh, sure. Minimum, right? yeah, minimum.
1: minimum. Like he's he's looking at that and, and, and you I thought you made a great point because why should the extent of the injury Like, if I happen to club you over the head with my stick, Mm -hmm. and it just hits your helmet in a way that it glances off, and you go get the concussion test, and you're fine. Oh, well, he didn't really hurt him, so just two games for Wilkins. Like, no, I should get 40 games.
0: And, like, you can go back to other major, major suspensions. And you can't compare them, but yes, you can. So it's a little bit of both. You know, if Steve Moore gets up off the ice, what happens? Is you know, Todd Bertuzzi, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, there was a little bit of uh, maliciousness and it was premeditated and yada, yada. But if he gets up off the ice and s- plays in the rest of that game, is everything okay then? No, because it was a terrible
1: incident. And I know, you, you know, it's, it's like saying, well, if we had harsher laws, you'd remove crime from... You're never going to take, you know, that... Uh, unfortunately, sometimes players are going to react poorly. And you can eliminate it, but I think if you make the penalties harsher, maybe there's a couple of years you make the guy stop. And you know, what Rob said, you know, stuff happens, heat of the moment. Unfortunately, you know, hockey players do stupid things, heat of the moment. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be punished for it.
0: <laughs> right? It, it just it totally blew my mind when it, when it came down today. And I'm sure, again, there isn't one person, as you said, you usually have a debate no one's... on a lot of things, <laughs> yeah. but there isn't anyone saying, yeah, it's about right. Or Even Detroit fans, and here's the best part, <laughs> right? the best part, the Detroit Red Wings will not appeal the suspension. Yeah. 60, you know, <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess so. I don't know. It might be a little higher, so let's <laughs> maybe appeal it. Let's get it down to five and a half.
1: Uh, we got Taylor on the line, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 Taylor, you want to talk about the Nyquist suspension?
2: Yeah, that's why I called in. Rita for having me? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't agree with it whatsoever. I, like you just said, I don't think anybody's going to call in and say that they do, but the thing that I wanted to point out was, who, do they, is it is it Quintel? Is he the guy making the call on that one? Is that who's running right the show there?
0: That's a good question. Well, he's one of the yeah. guys. Yeah, there, the there would be a lot of guys, guys. but...
2: Uh, I, I think the biggest... I think... One of the biggest problems is, and I, and I don't know the whole makeup of the disciplinary uh, group, but it, it seems to me they got the wrong people making these decisions. I mean, if, if, you, uh, if you look at our legal system, um, you know, you have to prove intent. And if you prove intent, you know, your, your punishment's harsher, obviously. And in this case, you're never going to prove intent. Not one NHL hockey player is ever going to say, yeah, you know what, I actually didn't mean to stick him in the face. He really, you know, he really upset me and I really apologize. It doesn't happen too often. So you need to have somebody in that position of authority making those calls to be able to prove some sort of intent because by looking at the video, just itself, it looked like he intended to do it. It really did. In it that sense, like,
0: in that sense too, though, you still, don't you want some guys like Stefan Cantell and former players on the players' safety because they know what it was like and they know what they went through and they are there to protect the players that have come behind them. And that's uh, where agree. this doesn't make I sense. Agree.
2: No, I, I agree. Maybe an advisory position, but not not making the final call. I believe he's the one doing it. Even Shanahan when he... he Shanahan was making... I believe if Shanahan was... I mean, he was more harsh. He would have got 10 games. I, I have a feeling, you know, I mean, Shanahan played in an era when... And he might have been you know he played against guys like that, and was that type of guy. It's different, but you need I think what the NHL needs to do, and i like I said, I don't know what the committee uh, is how it's set up. They need to go out there, they need to maybe bring in you know somebody that's got a legal background, you know somebody that and 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 then and then when you you know you bring a guy in for a hearing, then you can ask those questions and and smart a smart person with a legal background might be able to prove some sort of intent. It doesn't have to leave the room. Right, but I don't, don't think, think this was
0: a one guy making a decision. This would be a, a basically a committee of certain individuals, some and I would imagine even a person like Gary Bettman would have to write off on this because there's just been too much of a backlash across the league and across well, the sport for, by people and fans saying this wasn't enough.
2: I agree with you, but I mean you look at, you look at suspensions of been laid down in the past that have been more harsh than this. I'm not even gonna get into the Vermet one. I mean, to me, to me, you, anytime you strike an official, you deserve the maximum suspension. I agree. But, you know, I mean, that was just a little tap saying, hey, that was a that was a bad drop. That's what that was. I mean that was and then you got a guy, it looks like he's intending to spear a guy in the face, gets less games. Yeah. You gotta take a look at that. I mean it's just it's a it's it's a black part. And I've seen a couple tweets. What would happen if that was Conor David or Sidney Crosby that he did that to? That's you know?
0: a fair That's, yeah, that's, that's a, a fair, fair point. point. Yep. I mean, everybody should be equal. You would and hope, again, right? And again, like, he came back in the game three shifts later.
1: Taylor, thanks for calling. seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 496 63 The uh, Leafs trying to catch up here in Columbus now 4-2 with 12 and a half left. Full scoreboard update. More with Karius as we roll along. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. One thing I, said that I would never do. All right, good to have you along for the ride this evening. It's 722 Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Here's what's going on in the NHL. I mentioned 4-2, the Blue Jackets leading the Leafs halfway through the third period. It was 4-0. The Blues still up 1-0 on the Red Wings. That is uh, with nine minutes left in the second period. Flyers and Flames starting in about uh, 15 minutes. And uh, 8.30 Ched time start for the Panthers. And the Sharks, the Raptors in action tonight, trailing Charlotte 75-70, three minutes uh, into the fourth quarter. And uh, the Raptors have actually outscored Charlotte 12-0 in the fourth quarter. Charlotte had a 34-14 edge in the third
0: See uh two weeks ago when we were talking and I threatened uh Jake Allen with the blues trading for uh Mark Andre Fleury, what's oh, happened? Geez. Now he's standing on his it's head. All, it's all hey, you. hey, standing on his <laughs> head. <laughs>
1: all right. Well he loves I'm sure he does listen to inside oh, sports. I'm sure why, he why, does. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? What else was I gonna say? Oh yeah, the World Kings
0: won again, two in a row. Both in overtime.
1: Yeah, Colton Keller, game winner, 3-2 over Kooteny. Trey Fix Bolanski tied it with just over three minutes left. They were down 2 nothing. They will play in Calgary on Friday. I know from talking to several people around the Oil Kings that the uh, attitude of the team was tremendous mm-hmm. through that 16-game losing streak, and I think they're really excited about how some of their younger guys handled it. I got
0: a chance to talk to Ryan Marsh about that on Monday, the assistant coach, when I was down there, and, he said he couldn't believe the attitude of the young guys despite the lack of success and when you go that long you're looking at well over three weeks with those Also january 1st yeah, was their last so, you, winner, know, right? you know 16 games and some were close games some weren't and i mean then in right and you also have that time where the, when the trades happened and everything and you're you're losing your friends you're bringing guys in but again that attitude just stayed positive and, and i think that's Pretty good marks for a uh, guy like Steve Hamilton and and Marsh to keep that together.
1: Yeah, for sure. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Tom is on the line tonight. Hello, Tom. Hello there. Hey, Tom, um, I think I think I'd like to bring up uh, you know the elephant
0: in the room here, and I don't know if you covered it off already because I just tuned in, but um in the, in the past in the glory days, um,
1: if something like that happened there'd be somebody to tune that guy up right away. You take the fighting out of hockey, and a lot of these things just automatically happen because there's no repercussions on the ice at the time, and uh, that's all i got to say. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Um, I I guess I can give him a partially agree. There there were some pretty nasty things that happened when there was more fighting.
0: But in this situation, after Spurgeon was speared high stick, however you want to call it, you know, I don't think a lot of guys on the ice saw it. Uh, just the way the angle was. That's true. Yes, um, you can tell from that. Yeah. And for, well, the, obviously the referees didn't see it exactly because they only gave him a double minor. So the, the way the angle was. Now, so, but you can tell when a teammate's down and everyone's going bananas. And at that point, there was a big scrum in the corner. Now, after that is when I think he's kind of talking about why there hasn't been, why there wasn't anything. Yeah. So. Maybe there will be, and I'm pretty sure there will be some form of, uh, uh, in another incident uh, between those two teams.
1: I also feel, uh, I also feel, Kevin that we always romanticize what happened 20 to 40 years Fair enough, previous. Because, yeah. I mean, even sometimes, and I know there was still a lot of fighting in the, in, in the early 90s, but even that was an era where they were starting to try to get the, the game to, mm-hmm. to move away from it. And uh, uh, and then certainly we got into the, the dead puck era where you'd watch entire games without any goals or fighting within <laughs> the late in the late 90s and, and early 2000s. But, I mean, even people say, well, you know, no, nobody touched Gretzky. I can remember Gretzky being touched quite a bit. I mean, Semenko didn't jump every single guy that that,
0: that the, the, tried to knock Gretzky over. And there were also, a lot of that was just done verbally and with looks. True. Yeah. And that still happens nowadays. And that still happens. And maybe not quite as much, but it's uh, it, back then I think it happened a lot more.
1: Well, and there were a lot of guys in the game who couldn't do much else except fight yeah. at that point. Uh, I mean, if you can't move your feet now in this day and age, yeah, they're not oh, going to put, put you out there for any not. reason. All right, uh, Kevin and I are going to talk about, uh, we'll, we'll play a couple of uh, funny post-game comments from the uh, Oilers win over the Coyotes. So I'm interested to, uh, to chat about that a little bit as well. If you want the latest on Eskimos free agency, of course, go to 630Ched.com. Philip Hunt on the D-line was the signing today. He will stay in Green and Goal. Inside Sports on 630 chad <laughs>
0: This is Mark Latestu
1: from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty Chen. Well there's a nice segue. Mark Latestu now with eleven goals on the season. That's a very important number, Kevin Karius. My five year old's been giving me a rough time because he's got eleven goals in Timbits, and he was he's the leading goal scorer in the house. So and he knew I had ten. He's been telling me, you know, that he's he's the leading goal scorer. So there's been been some pressure to tie him up. Uh, but you know on the power play I just I just try to find some quiet ice and that's a, an example there of Connor uh, just finding a seam. And that's, you can only be in the, the spot and, you know, pull the trigger. Uh, and tonight she went in. There you go. Keep it, keep it up with his five-year-old. Would have
0: been a great conversation at breakfast this morning, wouldn't it? You know, obviously, <laughs> a, you know, five years old, he'd probably be in bed, obviously, last night and when Dad gets home. But this morning, having Cheerios and sitting around saying, hey, well, hey, so it's a tie game now, sonny boy. It's uh, 11 apiece, so when's your next game? Uh, you know, we might have to put a shadow on you. I'll talk to your yeah, other coach yeah, exactly. or something. You know,
1: I, 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 I love that he said it. And uh, I, I went back and watched the highlights today and, and the end of that clip, too, from a more, you know, technical hockey perspective. You're finding the quiet ice, and it was a five on three, so you know mm-hmm. you're going to get a shot. And he moved down low. Like he was almost on the icing he came, line, came up, and then when Connor had the puck feet. and everybody's looking at him, he moves up and he takes the shot. And you know, but, Rob and I have talked about he is the fourth line
0: center is the most dangerous shot on the power play on the one timer. Yeah, yeah, for sure he is. Uh, and that's again, he just working at it and making sure that you're in the right position. But there's a situation last night too, and when you, when you look at how the goal went in, what you know, it's another inch over and it hits Louis Domingue and doesn't go in because it hit Domingue and went in. It's not like it was a clean shot, short side, uh, and Domingue, with being a right-handed catcher, almost got it right. So, just get it on net. That's all it
1: is. He just got it off quick. All it That's is. the key, right? Exactly. Yeah, and he's he's scored a couple like that that have gone off the goalie, mm-hmm. but because he doesn't, uh, you know, dust it off, as the saying goes. Yeah, yeah.
0: And again, five on three, way different. A lot more of a shooting angle, shooting lane. So
1: that I mean, those five on threes.
0: Well, that's the they game really last decided night.
1: decided the game. I mean, they, they had, uh, what was it, a minute 34 minute? for Arizona. Yeah. and it didn't uh,
0: really even accomplish
1: anything, Well, right? Rob tore it apart last night uh, after the game. Like, you just, you know, Domi giving the puck. Yeah. And there was one play. Domi, I think it was Domi, got across the blue line and stopped. And, and you, you know, penalty killers, they're not always, they don't rush for possession. They're trying to force the puck to a less dangerous spot on the ice. So Domi's along the wall there. Nuge puts his stick in the middle of the ice because he doesn't want it going across mm-hmm. for a one timer. He wants to force Domi down the boards, and you're less dangerous there. And Domi passes it right into Nuge's stick, and yeah, that's the- out clear. of the zone.
0: Yeah. It was uh, really poorly executed, and that's again, that's the whole game there. Oilers scored on their 5 on 3. They had about a buck 10, right? Or something like that, of 5 their on 3. Their total
1: time. was uh, they had a minute two, okay. and they scored about 39 seconds. In right,
0: eight. and oh, my notes. that one there with Arizona, basically at the end of the period, there was what 10 seconds left in the period when the Oilers went to 5 on 4, and then. Basically, uh, well, a little bit more.
1: Graba came out with four seconds. Four left. seconds left. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, that's a long time to have a five-on-three and not really create anything dangerous. They
1: didn't really set up. They set up a little yeah. bit initially, yeah. and then even then, when they they just lost the race to the puck, finally and in Clef Not only, and only that,
0: out. not only that, the others I believe had a change in the middle on the long change. So they got to get all the way to the other side of yep. the bench, other side of the ice, to make the change. So that's almost unheard of as well.
1: Yeah, because yeah, Latestu started on the kill, and then David you know. came on. So yeah, and yeah. Nuge, yeah, and yeah. Nuge and as I, th- well. I think I think both yeah. D changed once. So, so
0: you know, when you think of that, to make the long change on a five-on-three, that means that the other team doesn't even barely have the puck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, so it turned out, what was it, Kevin? It was, they had two goals in about 298 minutes, and then they got <laughs> five in just under 24 yeah. minutes.
0: Well, exactly. Like, uh, Arizona had five goals in Calgary, more than the Oilers had in the five previous games. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, I you know, I wasn't too
1: concerned during that scoring slump for the Oilers, because I thought especially the last couple games, they were around the net, mm-hmm. and, and that's what you look for. And, and Todd emphasized uh, emphasized that that you know they showed them video and little charts of where the scoring chances are coming from. And he said yesterday, you know, when in the games where they didn't have goals, Patrick Maroon was still the guy. I think he had the second most in tight chances.
0: Right. And you know, when when are looking tomorrow to towards tomorrow's game, and I think you want to touch with McDavid and uh, Manning. We'll maybe touch on that a little bit later. Uh, no, dive into you know, it right? now. That's fine. Well, what do you think? I mean, you think? I mean, Connor McDavid over the, his career here in the NHL, 100 games or whatever it is, has been pretty close to the vest with anything he said. Although he, you know, he's being a lot more talkative this year, obviously being captain and everything. But after that Philadelphia game, he really let. Manning have it. You know, Manning said something to him on the ice saying that it wasn't an accident what happened last year, and basically McDavid let him have it after the game. So, does that carry over um, tomorrow?
1: I think so. I A think I think
0: to some extent. Th- and you wonder, too, which
1: teammate again, might have you know, to, to reference what the caller earlier, yeah. uh, you know, if Maroon or Lucic or if Griba plays, skates by
0: and says... I- yeah, and I think also depending on the physicality of the game. Like look at a guy like Euro Pacareen comes in, has not played point. for 4 months, had some great hits, finishes check even at the end of the game last night. so it's 5-2, there's 3 seconds left and he still finishes check at mm. the end of the game. Yeah. So if a guy like that continues to be aggressive and maybe, you know, takes a couple of liberties and hits whomever I could see something happening uh, tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, it'll depend on the score as well. And that w- that was a wild game last night, in f- or the last time they played it it was in Philadelphia. Six five, right? Six yeah. five. Yeah. It was a two nothing, then three nothing, then three two, then five three, and the Oilers twice allowed three consecutive goals. Yeah, right. Yeah. And twice had two goal leads and, and and weren't able to win. That yeah, I mean that you're right. That's the only time McDavid's ever come out and and said something and the camera caught him after one of the goals saying blank 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 yeah. to uh,
0: <laughs> Manning. Yeah. Well, I think we can say you in there. I think it was mm. I think it was blank blank you blank. Uh <laughs> you know, and it's you know, he had a very candid comment after the game. So uh, it'll be, and then you know what happens this will be talked about tomorrow at the morning skate, etc. But uh, you know what will happen? Nothing. It's just how how it always is. Whenever there's something, uh, you look uh, all the times over the years if you think there's going to be some sort of a, a in- incident or anything like that. Nothing ends up happening. It's just a clean game.
1: Yeah, well, that off. Uh, and, and, and maybe that's, to, to reference what that caller said earlier, maybe, maybe that's the difference in the day and age in that Maybe forty, fifty years ago, there there would have been something. It might mm-hmm. it might have not been absolutely crazy, but it, it probably something would have happened. But yeah, I could see I could see a tame game tomorrow. Yeah. Sure.
0: I mean, I think what Manning would have said to him, you know, on the ice by saying it he's was trying it's just trying to, win just kick, trying to get right? under his yeah, skin well, and everything just, like that. So you know
1: because it's pretty even, uh, even it's, it's pretty it. hard
0: to intentionally break someone's
1: collarbone. Yeah. If he's trying to be aggressive, sure, yes. but every hockey player tries yeah. to be aggressive. Exactly. Yeah, I I I, I and it's interesting too because it's not like it's not like this is with Shane Gostisbehere or Claude Giroux, one of the big names on the Flyers. I mean, he's a let's face it, Manning's yeah, a borderline NHL. Yeah, er. He's
0: a plumber. So, I,
1: I don't know if Mc, if McDave is going to waste much more time with him, quite yeah, frankly, or anyone. Yeah. Cuz he's he's <laughs> McDavid McDave. Yeah. Uh I want to play this too. This is Louis Domingue. Okay. Did you hear this one last night? A little this, bit. This, this yeah. is a beauty.
2: Honestly, guys, I got I got no answer for you guys. I I play once a month. It wasn't good
0: enough, so I don't. I got zero answer for the rest of your question. <laughs> well, how did the questions go? Was there? Was that just? That was it, and then and then uh, and then Sarah
1: McClellan. Yeah. Who, who's from Sherwood Park, right? And covers, covers the Coyotes. She just said, so is it just uh, hard to, you know, get in the groove because you don't play so much? He's like, no, well, that's it's my job to be ready, and I guess <laughs> I wasn't. That was it. It was like a 20, it was 25 seconds. When you think about it,
0: so the first goal the Oilers scored, he made one of the best saves that was of awesome the year. Save, yeah. One of the best saves of the year, and it just so happened to be that there's no one around to take Dry Saddle out on the second attempt with the empty net, but, you know.
1: It's just it's, uh, it's interesting when you, when you get an answer like that, or guys just like don't, don't, like he's basically saying, "Please don't ask me any more questions. I'm the backup goalie. Why do you care what I think?
0: And the other thing too, he probably hasn't had a microphone in his face for a month.
1: <laughs> well he played a lot earlier in the season, right? Because Smith played yeah, that their game enough. of the third yeah. or fourth game of the year. But yeah, I found that I, I found that for two great quotes last night, the Latestu quote and the and the Domingue. You you wish you had more of that after the game sometimes. Yeah.
0: And I mean I mean Deming again, he's well his is what, say percentage is under nine hundred coming in, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he is just hanging on to an NHL job. Let's be honest. Yeah,
1: have you ever? Had, I'm sure you have in your career. How have you handled it? If a guy's been because post game is when it might happen,
0: right? I've got a great story with Dwayne Roloson. So when I was doing a lot of the Oiler games uh, and Roloson was um, the goaltender and playing a lot, um, there was one time in the dressing room. So I was on the road. Most of the games I did were on the road, right? So I went into the room. And uh, the Oilers had lost. And it might have been in, like an overtime game. Anyway, Rolison, uh and we ended up to be, we're good friends actually. You know, we went out for a couple of pops one time in New York and everything. Anyway, so I uh, went up to him because he was just, he, he wasn't, he was in a daze kind of thing. And I go, Rolly, have you got a second? And he put his head up and he goes, you know the rules. Not until I'm totally done undressing. Okay. Okay. So he bit my head off there, and now I don't like because I am the only guy in there, right? There is no one else. I mean, there is no other media, you know. Okay. So he's not happy with me, and then he short answered me, and I maybe asked him one more question. I got other because I mean, for one, I am not. I don't. I I entered his space when he didn't want me to enter it. Uh, but i'm looking at like we got to have this on the air in about 10 minutes cuz you have to feed upstairs that's how it worked on the road back then and it just it just didn't work out so he had actually thrown a few other words at me like we can't say on the air, and, and then on the bus, he came by and he put, put his head uh, or his hand on my shoulder and said, "Sorry about that. Just it was a tough time." Yeah. So he was a true pro.
1: Well, and that's that's the thing. It usually and it mine was with a goalie as well. Um, And I've had a. I have had mean, we've all had a few of those. I think high school, even high school coaches will get mad at you or whatever. When when Edmonton lost the home opener to Calgary 5-2, what, two two or three years ago, and I I was doing live interviews in the Oilers dressing room, Mm -hmm. Scrivens didn't have a good game. And I said, Ben, were there any uh, goals tonight? uh, You know, you felt you could have played better. And this was live. And he goes, I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) And I kind of chuckled, and I said, well, I don't know. I'm not an NHL goalie. And he just kind of was like, "Well, I guess I'll have to watch watch the tape." Yeah. And so then they went on a road trip, and then I talked to him when I when we got back, and he's like, "He's like, honestly, I don't even remember." He goes, on, "He goes, like, probably owe you an apology," but mm-hmm. he goes, "And and that's that's the thing. Like, they're they're so emotional, yeah, in there, those moments that sometimes they can't control what they're saying."
0: And there's. Let's be honest, there's not even close to enough time after the game from when the media oh. starts asking them questions because these guys are so involved and so immersed in what they've just accomplished or not accomplished, and usually not accomplished, and that means a loss, and they are uh, not happy. Have you got time for one quick one, too?
1: Let's do a break and then Kay. tell when you get sure, back because uh, I, I want to say something else, too. 746 Wilkins and carries Inside Sports on Chet.
0: This is Oscar Clefbrom from your Edmonton Euler, and you're listening to The Inside Sports with Reid Wilkins on Euler's Radio 630 Shad.
1: All right. Flyers and Flames tied 1-1 early. Cousins and Kachuk, the goal scorers. Panthers and Sharks still to come. The Blues lead the Wings 1-0 after two. The Blue Jackets finish off the Maple Leafs 5-2. Oil Kings beat Kootenai 3-2 in overtime this afternoon. And uh, the Raptors come from... They outscored the Hornets 32-10 in the fourth quarter. And they win 90-85. The Hornets... Twenty-four and thirty-one, like they're not good, but they're not horrible. But uh, the Raptors improved to thirty-three and twenty-four. So there you go. Kevin Karius, uh was uh, launching into a, a story well, about uh, an interview.
0: Yeah, like you know when you're talking about the players, they don't really remember, you know, yeah. after a game and what happened, etc. Well, it was a game I was lucky enough to do in Madison Square Gardens, and Gene Principe will tell you this too. At MSG, hallways are very narrow, and it must be some kind of union thing. Uh, when you're, I was hosting the game, it was for pay-per-view. And that was different back in the day because pay-per-view was a, a different entity in the sense that you had access in the dressing room mm-hmm. before and after. And that was a big thing. So uh, Larry Isaac was the producer at the time. And the the thing in it with all the New York crew, it's almost like you had to have five guys. One guy holding this cable. One, It was like oh. just crazy. And Gina would tell you the same thing. So... Larry Isaac said, okay, the game went to overtime. He says, okay, you got to get underneath here and go towards the dressing room because if the Oilers score, we want to be right in there uh, when the Oilers come off the ice and going in the room. So I run around underneath uh, and walk with all these five guys, and we're getting right in, and that right at that point, Yager scores for the uh, Rangers, and they win in overtime. Craig McTavish comes flying down the hallway and I'm in no man's land. Like, I mean, I'm, there's nowhere for me to go. And he absolutely just ripped me a new you-know-what. And it was bad enough that I, like, I went up to Don Metz, who, who we yeah. were doing the pay-per-views, and I said, "Jeez, Mac T, you and I said, I didn't do anything wrong. I was just doing what Larry told me to do. And so I guess Don went up to, to Mac T and said, yeah, what happened down after the game? He goes, what are you talking about? I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. Didn't remember a thing. <laughs> So that's the same kind of similar story as what you had. You know, the player, the coach, they're so invested in what they're doing at that point. They're, they, you know, the, the media at that, and this was like literally 10 seconds. Yeah. So, I mean.
1: Oh, they're like, yeah. Santa Claus could have been standing.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Well, and, and, and for, I think, too, like, in, in day-to-day life, I don't know about you, Kevin, but how often do you actually, like, scream at somebody? Like, I, I couldn't even remember the last time I just, like, was absolutely yeah. in, like, a yelling situation with somebody where it was just, like, complete boiled-over anger. But mm-hmm. when you're in a hockey game, hey, you're doing that all the time. Yeah, so I you mean, can't remember every single time you get a furious at somebody.
0: You're invested into it, man.
1: It's 7.52 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Reed Wilkins, Kevin Karius, Kevin... From Global Television. All right, uh, you had Eric Griba yesterday.
0: Oh yeah, doing duck calls. What's the story? On uh, yeah, on uh, Monday. Yeah, we had Monday, went so. down. Well, he's got a company called uh, Water uh, Capital Waterfowling. So. I, you know, I kind of looked at it, and I like the outdoors. I'm not a hunter guy, but I like fishing. We talked about that a little bit, but anyway, his company is, uh, basically it's all Canadian-made products, too. They they make duck calls, and one of these duck calls won two Canadian championships, and it's gone down to Arkansas for the world championships, or maybe North America, I don't know if they have worlds in duck calling, but... Well, they're all bitten ducks all over the world. Yeah, so it? anyway, he brought, I said, can you bring a few down? So he brought, we went just outside the room there, because I didn't want to really do it inside the room, so we went outside the room, and I said, can you give her a couple of toots or whatever and yeah so he blew a few of these things and he's pretty good at it like it's, he, you know he said you kind of got to wiggle your fingers it's like a musical instrument in, in, in that sense but uh, it's a pretty successful company they're growing and growing and it's a love of his you know it's a passion just like hockey is so did end up doing a story on global had a ton of response on it T'on of response,
1: and Eric Krebs shaved his beard yeah. today. Teammates for kids, the uh, Garth Brooks charity, and uh, yeah, I mean there was an incredible response to that. So Twenty two thousand dollars when yeah. you
0: think, hey, eh, between Garth Brooks and then Tricia Yearwood and then Eric himself, Oilers Community Foundation. So. Yeah, yeah,
1: his goal was just he wanted five thousand likes and five thousand dollars, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so it took off. Good, good, good for Eric. He's uh, he's a good. One thing about, I don't know if people follow him on Twitter. He had this great photo of his, uh, of his dog, he, like a wiener dog, and he's holding the dog in this certain pose with its head up in the air, and he has a T-shirt with the same dog in the same pose. So one of his, but I went and asked him about it. He goes, "Yeah, one of my buddies made me the shirt with my dog on it, so that I took a picture holding the dog in front of the <laughs> do- <laughs> the image of the dog on the shirt." He's uh, he's, uh, he's got a he's got a uh, good personality. We had a- Adam Braidwood on uh, earlier on the show, and he's had a, an amazing journey. You can get the full interview on six thirty chad uh, dot com. Interesting clip here about uh, you know being in jail.
2: Yeah, I go to work every day. I get up at five thirty in the morning. I go to a construction site, I go grind it out, do what I got to do. I go get cleaned up, I go to the gym every day. No excuses. Six days a week, and that's just the way it is. That's how I keep myself busy, and that's what I have to do, you know, to stay focused because it's like, you know, like nobody's going to treat me normally for the rest of my life. You know, like no one will ever be like, oh, it's just some normal guy. So I have to do these things. I have to do these big things so people will just treat me normally. Like I lost that luxury. I threw that away a long time ago. So it's like you know, like it's a it's it's a motivating factor to stay on the street and narrow.
1: He's now boxing. He's going to box for the World Boxing Union title next Friday in uh, Quebec City. That one really resonated with me. I mean, that's some harsh reality. No one's ever going to look at me the same way.
0: Well, full marks to him for turning his life around. I mean, we had all the the bad stories about him on global and you saw all those bad pictures and I mean it's probably something he'll never ever get away f- from as you just said. Yeah. He's going to have to battle it every day but full marks for continuing that battle because I mean, deep down inside there is a pretty good athlete and you know, and a good person if he can get his life on track.
1: He was, uh, I mean, cut short by injuries. He was a very, uh, he had an impact on the game coming off that edge.
0: Well, he was, you know, number one pick for a reason,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, and he was the Eskimos top rookie yeah. in 2006. Again, uh, you missed anything, it's on the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. Kevin, you and your shirt get back to work. Oh, hey! <laughs> That's Kevin Carries from uh, Global Television. He joins us uh, every Wednesday when there's not an Oilers game here on Inside Sports. Besides uh, Kevin and Adam Braidwood, you heard from Marc Antoine Godin from La Presse in Montreal. What a story going on there with the coaching change. And Eskimos General Manager Ed Hervey. More on their free agent activity on the Eskimos page on the Ched website. Thanks a lot to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Oilers and Flyers tomorrow, five thirty faceoff show, seven o'clock puck drop here on Chad. Flyers and Flames still one one halfway through the first period. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Charles Adler tonight is next.
2: Six thirty Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on six thirty Chad.